Welcome to episode two of Take a Hit of Hope. And um, before we get started, as always, uh, we just want to say that we're not affiliated with any 12-step program. We're just two guys that are clean and we are wanting to give back. So my name's Dave and I have my friend Richard with me. Hello guys, my name is Richard. I'm grateful and I'm here in recovery with Dave. <laughs> awesome. So uh, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody that listened to our first episode. Uh, I love the feedback. I love um, that people are getting something out of what we're putting putting out. And, um, you know, we want to hear from you guys. So we have an email address if you want to send us uh, questions or comments or just anything uh, about what we're doing we would love to hear from you so that email address is take a hit of hope at gmail.com so take a hit of hope at gmail.com we would love to hear from you guys um, and your journey in recovery so <clears throat> today we're going to talk about uh, recovery and relapse and uh, you know I think this is this is an important topic because, uh, when we get clean, we want to stay clean. I mean, we didn't start this journey to, to go back to doing what we were doing. Um, and so I guess starting out today, just talking about recovery, uh, what I would ask you, Rich, is, you know, do you think abstinence is somebody in recovery? You know, just not using and that's all they're not doing or all they're doing is that recovery? Well, definitely not. Recovery is an active, you know, is abstinence plus an active change in our behaviors, and the change usually happens through the twelve to working twelve steps. You know, mm -hmm. uh, abstinence is a person that's just not using. You know, and uh, what I've learned is that I thought I had a drug problem, but I understood that. In the beginning, drugs were the solutions to my problems, to my feelings, to my fears, to my feeling shameful. So once I've learned that drug was just a symptom of a disease, I, I, I'm caught up in what is the disease. And the disease is about obsession, compulsion, and being self-centered. You know, the compulsion is once I have one, I can't stop. It's an abnormal reaction to any mood, any mood or mind-altering substance. Uh, and uh, the obsession is once I stop using or I go to treatment or I'm in detox, I'm in there to stop using drugs, but I'm still obsessing over drugs. Mm -hmm. I get clean and I still want to use drugs. That's a feature of the disease, that thinking about it and wanting to, but I haven't used, so there's no compulsion. Mm -hmm. But the worst part, my understanding, is the total self-centered part, that part of us that says, 
I got this. I know what's best for me. Because maybe I've got 15 days clean. Yeah. Or 30 days clean. Yeah. I know what's best for me. So that's good. those meetings are good for those people. <laughs> I got other issues. You know, I know what I have to do. And sure. So that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's a great point because I think a huge, a huge part of addiction is self-deception. Right. So, uh, you know, and especially after years and years of living that way, using on a daily basis, we've conditioned our minds to deceive ourselves. Right. And with a little bit of clean time that I got it mentality, I can handle this um, just leads us back to where we were before, you know, And, and and when I think about recovery and I think about the past. And the, all the times that I tried to get clean before I uh, found 12 steps, before I found my higher power, before I found a, a, a program that I could work successfully, abstinence alone left me in a very bad place because mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. I was frustrated. I was angry. So I, so yeah, I wasn't using. But, but I wasn't at peace, you know, I had this turmoil still inside. And I think a big part of recovery is renewing our minds, finding a new way of thinking, finding a new way of living um, is the key component to success. And that's why I feel like going to meetings and being around other people in recovery is a huge part of this, you know, um, as addicts, we have the tendency to isolate. Mm-hmm. And when we isolate, um, we're left with our own thoughts, you know? And where did our thoughts get us? You know, I think the best um, thought I had when I was using was, this needs to stop, <laughs> right? How do, I, how do I make this stop? And, um, uh, you know, a big part of that process is, uh, uh, is re- renewing the mind. So. Um, is there something that you wanted to, to share? Yeah, yeah, well, here's my experience with relapse. See, mm-hmm. uh, the first time when I had, you know, accumulated first 11, then four years, so I accumulated 15 years, and then uh, I stopped going to meetings. And I was, you know, at that time I was uh, teaching martial arts, I was really involved in my career in telecommunications. Everything was wonderful. I was having a great time. But see, what I've learned that abstinence you know like to be in recovery i need to be in close association with others mm-hmm. in this process okay the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel today i understand it see because after a year of not going to meetings i would go and i'd like you know why don't they get over it like i'm thinking they have a problem because i've arrived i'm cured mm-hmm. i'm recovered little did i know that when the opportunity arise that I was around someone and I was offered one mm-hmm. and after so many years, 15 years healthy, really into health, a lot of great stuff happening, I thought I could have just one. Mm-hmm. And that one lasted 10 years out there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I didn't want to go back to the room. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, about replacement, you know, therapy drugs, you mm-hmm. know, I tried that. I tried a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and still, so I understand why it's important to be in a close association to, to others in recovery. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the 
Stuff, the biggest stumbling blocks to recovery seems to be placing unrealistic expectations on ourselves and others. Okay. That happens a lot. Sometimes we, we're in relationships. Relationships can be a terrible, painful area, it says, sure. you know, in, in our literature. And it's because, you know, we get clean, we get a job, guess what? We get a car. Mm -hmm. So we get the girl that mm -hmm. comes with all of that. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, we... Uh, we think we're okay. So um, I've learned that, you know, recovery takes a lot of effort. Yeah. No, that's great. And, you know, unrealistic expectations, I, you know, really um, in recovery, a big part of it is being able to live in the moment and be okay in the moment that you're in. You know, I found that when I start thinking about the future and I'm worrying about the past, it steals my joy from the present moment, you know, and I'm, I get caught up in things that are um, that might not even happen yeah. and things that I can't change. So just doing the best that I can in the moment that I, that I'm in. And, uh, you know, I wanted to read this. Uh, it, it says part of our addictive pattern is that we can never get enough. Right. right. Sometimes we forget and we think that if we can get enough food or enough sex or enough money, will be satisfied and everything will be all right and <clears throat> it's not it's never enough. it's never enough you know i um uh in recovery i've been able to accomplish great things and what i found is that the success of achievements fade mm -hmm. you work really hard to achieve certain things and you think you know once i do this once i get that i'll be okay and, and, and that is a lie. I mean, it's great to, to have goals and achievements, yes, yes. but once you accomplish them, it, that fades away. You know, it's not a, a sustaining fulfillment. And um, to be in recovery means to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to take an active part in your recovery. Um, it's not just not using anymore but it's actively doing something to improve our mental and spiritual state that will keep us clean, you know? Um, so, you know, that, that leads me into relapse, yeah. right? Yeah. Relapse. And so, you know, just kind of asking you, what do you think the number one, re well, let me back up. Let me back up. <clears throat> Is relapse a part of recovery? Do you, do, do you have to relapse? in recovery no you never have to use again it happens mm -hmm. but as we read because a lot of us have written about that is that you know recovery is never an accident mm -hmm. uh, we are given always a choice you know you don't ever have to use again relapse is an indication that we've lived you know some kind of uh, reservation in our program mm -hmm. So that's why it happens. Not that it's bad. It doesn't have to happen. But if it does happen, we need to get back to the, to the meetings, you know. Because if in my mind, I said, well, if I recover, <coughs> I come back. No, a lot of people that have re re relapsed don't come back. Yeah. They don't get another chance. Yeah. You know, the, the guarantee, right? Jails, institutions, dereliction, right? And death. Dereliction. That's when I'm out there hiding my hiding from myself. When I can't live appropriately, you mm -hmm. know, when I'm living in the streets or homeless, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, uh, 
Relapse is not a requirement for recovery. It mm-hmm. does happen, but the bottom line is, in our, you know, we we've learned that we've never seen a person who lives the program relapse. You know, and that's true. You know, as long as I learn how to live the program, and that's what the message is: learning how that you don't ever have to use. You can lose the desire to use, but you need to. I had to find a new way of living. Uh, recovery is not a hobby; it's a way of life. It's a way of life. It yeah. has to be a way of life. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, we can never fully recover, no matter how long we stay clean. Mm. And a lot of people with years, you know, they become complacent. Mm. And you know, it, it's sad. Like for me, like I said, I accumulated 15 years, and after that, I relapsed, and it was the worst. It was a nightmare. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a nightmare. Yeah, you know. Uh... When I think about relapse, the, the things that come to mind is, like you just said, complacency and procrastination. And so when I had this relapse, um, this last relapse, you know, I, I saw the signs and, I, you know, I stopped doing all those things that I started doing when I got clean, you know, so being... Um, going to meetings, being a part of my church, um, taking care of myself spiritually and mentally. I let those things go by the wayside. And, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're right. You can't, This is something that we have to do for the rest of our lives. But I, I think for me and this relapse, part of it, part of it was... How can I say it? Part of it was maybe getting uh, bored a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. in the, um, uh, you know, in, in the monotony. Basically, you know, kind of doing the same thing over and over and over and <clears throat> not keeping it fresh, not keeping it exciting. And a big part of that was I pulled away from meetings. You know, I just went to a meeting last night and I really didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. I was tired. I, you know, I I, it was my day off, but I, I said, I need to go. And, you know, I'm always so blessed. I'm always so rewarded when I, when I do what I'm supposed to do, even when I'm not, when I don't feel like doing it. Because mm-hmm. when I went to the meeting, um, I heard people sharing about things that I needed to hear. Um, and not to belittle anybody else, but many times I've been in a meeting and I've heard people share some deep stuff Mm -hmm. they're in a really bad place they're going through some really tough times and it helps me appreciate where i am in life where i am in my recovery what i have going on for me um and and i think that's the beauty of of being part of a fellowship and 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 going to meetings is is uh it keeps me grounded it helps me uh remember what i don't want to go back to and the the longer I stay away from meetings, the longer I stay away from things that keep me spiritually fit, that self-deception creeps in and, and I tell myself, oh, I got this. I can manage this on my own, you know? Yeah. Um, I just never want to go back, man. Yeah. And that's the thing, back. we don't have to go back. Yeah. See, I learned, one of the most important things I learned when I got back uh, is that I need to put my recovery first. And I need to go to one meeting, at least a meeting every day. 
you know, and uh, even though we are not representing Narcotics Anonymous, I'm going to quote something else from the book. Okay. Now that you was talking about, because a lot of us do in the beginning get boring, and not even in the beginning, with years. But at times it says in here, many times in our recovery, the old boogaboos will haunt us. Life may again become monotonous, meaningless, monotonous, and boring. We may tire mentally in repeating our new ideas and tire physically in our new activities. Yet, we know that if we fail to repeat them, we will surely take up our old practices. We suspect that if we do not use what we have, we will lose what we have. These times are often the periods of our greatest growth. Our minds and bodies seem tired of it all, yet... The dynamic forces of change or true conversion deep within may be working to give us the answer that alters our inner motivations and change our lives. Mm -hmm. And that for me has been so true because there have been times where like, I remember like mourning the deaths of my sons and going through that, you know, and just like I didn't want to do things, but in spite of how I was feeling, I didn't because I knew what would happen if I didn't. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that inside, you know, some of my worst or most challenging spiritual paths mm -hmm. have been the times of most growth. The more pain I've had, the more I've grown through it. Because mm -hmm. what I've learned is you can't go around stuff. You got to go through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and so that's what happens many times. We're like, we're like, you know, we, I'm bored. Or you, no, no, it's not that it is, something is going on. You need to address it. And that's yeah. where the step work and that's where mm -hmm. the sponsor come in. Like mm -hmm. you said, self-deception is our greatest enemies. Mm -hmm. I believe the hype. I lied to me so much. How many times I told me just once? Yeah. Yeah. How many times I tell me I'm not going to, you know, this would be the right thing. Go ahead, do it, Rich. Go ahead, do it. You know, and I wound up in handcuffs, yeah. you know. Yeah. Nobody pushed me. I pushed myself. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. And, and, and like we've said before, you know, we have this thing that we don't get high. Yeah. We get addicted, yeah. Yeah. you know, which is crazy, yeah. you know. And like you might look at other people and they might have a, a drink with dinner or whatever. Or maybe they can go out and party on the weekend and stop. Yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that in me, you know. Um, I think two huge components to people being successful in recovery is honesty and willingness. Right? Yeah. You have to have the willingness to do the things that you don't want to do to achieve the things that you want to get. And it actually says the how. That's the program: yeah. honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Yeah. Because you have to have that open-minded to accept. Yeah. If you don't, if you believe you're, yeah, and that's what it is, that false belief system that we develop through our lives, mm -hmm. you know, we, I believe that I had my back, that, that what I know is true. Sure. This is me. I, it's, it's a proven fact. Yeah, it's a proven fact that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going back to jail. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> it's a proven fact. I, and I hold on to my beliefs because sometimes I'm scared to let go. Yeah. So I have to be open-minded, check this one out, to that there's a probability that I might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're wrong? Oh, my Lord. That I can make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. 
That I'm human. Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. And, and you know, what I'm going to say now is, is really directed to the person that um, maybe is not in recovery and is kind of on the fence about it. I, you know, I have a couple people in my life that I have spoken to recently that have a problem. And one person in particular comes to mind because I said to them, why don't you go to a meeting, right? There's one close to where you live at. I know where it's at. It's, it's a great meeting. I think you'll really kind of fit in with the people that are in that, in that group. And the person said to me, what if somebody sees me going in that, to that meeting, going into that building, right? Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah. And I was really kind of blown away when the, when the person said that to me, right? So, I, but we're I, not worried about when we go cop dope, right? No, and, <laughs> and yeah, and this is what I said. I said, so, so when you're at the bar and you're doing Jaeger bombs and you're doing flaming Dr. Peppers, yeah, right? Uh, and you're like setting the bar on fire uh, and people see you doing that, that's okay, uh, yeah. right? So, so, like, pride, ego yes. is a big. Uh, deterrent is a big obstacle for us to get clean, you know? And, you know, we talk about rock bottom a lot, right? Because that's what it takes yeah. in some people's lives for them to let go of the pride, let go of the ego, and basically say what you said. You know what? I'm wrong. Yeah. I can't, I can't handle this. And, you know, just to, just to put this out there, you saying that you can't use successfully does not make you a weak person. It doesn't make you soft. It doesn't make you less than a man, less than a woman. If you say, hey, you know what? I can't use this stuff successfully. It actually means that you have more courage and that you're brave and that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get your life in order. We only have one life, right? So do you want to continue to live with this uh, myth that you can use successfully when the proof, when the evidence says yeah. you cannot. Yeah. You know, you're getting arrested, you have no money, you might not have a place to live, your relationships with your family are broken. All these things are happening in your life, yet you're denying the evidence that something needs to change, you know? And if you struggle with pride, if you struggle with ego, you know, I feel like a wise person is a person that can learn from others' mistakes. When you have somebody that has some clean time and they tell you, hey, look, it's not going to end up well. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you can do to get a hold of this and turn your life around. You're a wise person when you can take that advice before you destroy your, your life and you're in a situation where you have no other choice. Um, me, I'm hard-headed, right? So I had a, um, I'm one of those people that feel better than I hear, right? I gotta, I gotta feel the pain. I have to, the pain is the, the motivator uh, for a person like myself. But if you're listening to this, you don't have to get to the very end to turn things around. You can do it today. You know, yeah. you can you can turn around 
today. Yeah, and, and one of the things, talking about pride in the beginning, I heard that that was the healthiest poison I needed to swallow was my pride. Another thing is, like, this is for grown-ups. I'm going to say this. Any chump could use, but to not use, you're going to have to have some big boy pants or big girl panties to not use, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take a lot of courage, but you could do this one day at a time. Sure. And that's what I learned that, you know, when I, and, and it, nobody could convince me if I have a problem, I have to have had enough. I was sick and tired of being and living sick and tired. So I had had enough. And that's when the program actually starts working. When I fully surrender. When inside of me I, I give up. And what, ha- what this surrender means? I yield to something greater. That's what surrender really means. I join a group of winners mm-hmm. by surrendering. Once I did that, that was the beginning of it. Then I needed to, like, that's the honesty. Look, I'm an addict. That was the first thing I said. I'm an addict. My name is Richard. Then after a while, I have to be open-minded enough to say, you know what? I need help. Yeah. And then the willingness to do what they told me. Go to a meeting every day. You know, listen to the winners. Get a sponsor. Get involved. Do some service. You know, all of those things. And today, like... I'm living beyond my wildest dream. You know, I have so much fun and I'm so much at peace. You know, life is, I, have, I get to participate in my life today. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that. I don't keep myself hostage. I get to distance myself from those thought processes mm-hmm. and, and laugh at them. Sometimes they're, you know, like insane. Yeah, they are. You know, uh, <clears throat> With this journey of recovery, not only is not only is pride and ego uh, a, a big obstacle for us, but feeling as if you are unique mm-hmm. and no one will understand yeah. what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're going through. Uh, and I want to tell you that is such a lie. That is such a lie. I don't care what, where you're at, what you're going through. There are people out there that have experienced the same things. And there's something very powerful when you are able to go to a meeting. And even if you don't say anything, even if you don't share anything, and then there's somebody in there that shares their experience. And it's the same exact thing that you're going through. And they're telling you how they're dealing with it, how they're working through it, what their thoughts are. And and it helps us to understand that we're not alone Mm -hmm. in this process. It helps us to understand that there's people out there that really do understand what we're feeling, what we're thinking, uh, and and what we're going through. And, you know, a lot of times uh, we might have a, a family member or a loved one who's not in recovery and we share a part of our heart with them. We share our struggle with them. And they don't really get it. Mm-hmm. You know? They, they might say to you, well, why don't you just quit? It's yeah. a choice. Why don't you just stop? What, why do you keep doing this? And they don't understand um, addiction. They don't understand um, how it feels to have this obsession to use even when you don't want to, when every fiber in your body is saying you shouldn't do this, 
and at the same time, your mind is craving another one. It's, it's, uh, it's absolutely insane. You know, I, I know it's different for everybody. Um, I know in our literature, it talks about people recover at different rates, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so there's not really a timeline that I could put on this, but if you work a program and you stay clean long enough, I promise you the obsession will be removed. Mm -hmm. and, and that is such a beautiful thing. You know, for many years, I never thought that that could be removed from me, that I, that I could stop craving and thinking about using. Um, and I've had that lifted. You know, I can get up today and my first thought isn't, where can I get some dope at? Yeah. Or where can I go get, get some money at? You know, what kind of moves can I make to come up? Uh, I'm at peace today and, uh, and it's a beautiful thing, man. I think one of the most important things that I adhered to when they, you know, is to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And if that seemed a lot, just do one meeting a day till the 90 appeared, you know, because it seemed like a lot. Oh, like, but when I looked at my agenda, I had nothing to do but to go to meetings, you know, because <laughs> I had the time. But it's like you were saying, you know, we are our worst enemies because we'll... You know, we'll find ways to uh, disqualify ourselves from uh, going to meetings or being an addict or, you know, whatever the, the reason is. Or, and I remember when I came in, I told the person, you know, well, yeah, I'm unique. And he told me, well, I'm unique, too. I'm sure there's more, more of us in here, you know, <laughs> because you just didn't know, you know, you just don't know me. And, I, and we do. There's, that's the beauty, you know that we do know each other and uh i had to give myself that opportunity you know what did i have to lose that's what they told me you know what do you have to lose you know apparently what you're doing is not helping or working for you so you know i, I gave it that shot and during those 90 days i i had that awakening of like you know what this is where i belong and that's the best that's happened for me you know becoming an active member of a 12-step program where I have a fellowship of other people that, you know, understand me and I could go and talk through, talk about things and listen to others. And like you said, you know, for me, the hit is developing a compassionate heart for others, you know, because uh, addiction is killing a lot of us, man, mm -hmm. consistently. It and is. Just on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. and, and the worst part of it is we believe that's not going to be us. Yeah. I ain't going to jail. Yeah. You know, I got a good connection. I ain't going to jail. I give my money to that guy. I don't go to jail because I go at this time. You know, I ain't, I ain't going to die because I know it's like we have a specific dose. No, I don't know of anybody that had a specific. We're always overdosing. You get me a lot. Of, I'm doing more than that. What dose? Yeah. There's no doses. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never enough, man. It's never enough. And, you know, you just said something that was really, really beautiful. You know, um, in active addiction, it was all about me. You know, I didn't care about any anybody else. And, you know, for a long time, I was under the the, the myth that uh, even though I was stealing and robbing and hurting people, I was still a good person. Right? <laughs> you know, I'm a good crook, you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I hustle with integrity, you know, like, like these crazy things that I was telling myself. 
uh, which were all lies. But what's what's great is in recovery, not only um, did I receive peace, did I receive um, you know a spiritual foundation, but I learned how to love people. I learned how to um, put others first. I learned how to compromise. You know, I learned how to 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 uh, think of others more than I'm thinking of myself. And it's a process that doesn't happen overnight and it happens at different rates for everybody. Um, but that is a beautiful thing. And, and, and uh, you know, I was sharing with somebody the other day that one of the best aspects for myself in recovery is self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learning who I truly am. Mm-hmm. Um, really finding my true voice. You know, not the voice of this person that's addicted, but this voice of a man that um, is a husband, is a father, um, is a brother, uncle, you know, like a leader. All these great things that I had inside of myself that the drugs were preventing from coming out, they've been released in my recovery, you know, and, and, I, and uh, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm way better off than where I was when I was using. And, um, you know, if you can kind of keep that in mind, if you can keep that in sight as you go through this journey, it does get better. You're gonna have hard days. Yep. It's, not, it's not like you, you, your world's gonna be perfect, but it's gonna be so much better than any day that you were actively using. And, um, you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to share this with everyone. And, and uh, basically it says, Honesty takes practice, and none of us claims to be perfect. When we feel trapped or pressured, it takes great spiritual and emotional strength to be honest. Mm -hmm. Sharing with others keeps us from feeling isolated and alone. This process is a creative action of the spirit. So, So we're growing, we're changing, we're renewing our minds, we're strengthening our spirits. And... um, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to get a hold of this thing and 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 uh, and don't give in. You know, it does it does get better. And don't sell yourself short. September seventh, I was still using. September seventh, two thousand and three, I was high. I was using. Something happened. I called the helpline. I went to a meeting, and I haven't had to use ever since then. I kicked in the room. There's something about when you when you really surrender. I'm done. I was done. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy kicking drugs, you know. But one day at a time, you know. What I mean, I remember picking up the coffee, shaking, but I wasn't gonna. I I was committed, you know. And uh, I remember someone telling me, you know, because I really felt like I wanted to use that about you know all the time. And they said, you know, we've never seen a person combust or blow up from not using. Hold on tight. I was kind of offended of that, but <laughs> I just kept on, you know, and it just got better. I stopped vomiting blood because I was, it was, I, I was really bad off. Yeah. So I know that I don't care what stage you're at, you could do this one day at a time. You know, that's all it is. It's one. Day. If you could stay clean for one day, you could do two days. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And you know, wherever you're at right now in your journey. Um, if you're not actively taking a part in your recovery, I want to encourage you. We want to encourage you to go to a meeting today. Yeah. Call another recovering addict today. Reach out to your sponsor. 
Um, don't sit back and wait for something bad to happen because when you're complacent, when you're not actively participating, you're gonna, re you're gonna use again. You're gonna use again. This is a lifelong process, but it can be fun, it can be amazing, um, and it just takes time. So, you know, that's our episode for today. I hope you guys uh, got a little something out of it. You know, we always wanna encourage you to share uh, the podcast with somebody you know that you think would benefit from the different topics that we have. And, um, you know, once again, we want to hear from you guys, you know, uh, we want to hear about your journey and I would love to share some of your stories on the podcast. So send us an email, uh, take a hit of hope at gmail.com and, uh, we'll respond to you, Richard or I, Richard, uh, or I, and, um, you know, we love you guys. Keep up the fight. All right, guys. Peace, love, and much respect.